Hey everyone, this is Jamie Forrest, Program Director of WRAD and Big Dog Sports Talk. So we had a technical issue this morning on the show, and Rick did not get on the air until about 6.24 a.m. this morning. So we're going to start at about... 24 after the hour and you've got about six minutes to the bottom anyway the first hour is incomplete because there was no first break so thanks for dealing with us thanks for enjoying the big dog podcast and of course you can stream the show live monday through friday 6 to 9 a.m at wradradio.com the tune in app and uh, of course on the air in the new river valley on the wrad talk network 101.7 103.5 and 14.60 thanks again and without further ado it's big dog sports talk This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vane, the boogie woogie man. Hey guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the tune-in app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Got its hustlers, the Bowery got it bumps. Forty Second Street got Big Jim, a walker here, bull shooting son of a gun. Yeah, he's big and dumb as a man can't come, but he's stronger than a country house. And when the bad folks all get together at night, you know they all call Big Jim Ball just because. And they say you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind You don't pull a mask off that old Lone Ranger And you don't mess around with Jim All right, we welcome you into the delayed start of our Wednesday Here on the program I think we're good now Appreciate everybody who Let me know we weren't on this morning So, thank you so much for that I don't think I would have known <laughs> Keon Brown joins us in about 10 minutes Bill Roth and the Roth Report later on. Liz Kitley, the ACC Women's Basketball Player of the Year at 835. So basically you just, you know, missed a little bit of Jim Croce early. You're getting him now. No harm, no foul. Jamie Forrest to the rescue this morning. <laughs> 639 
Text lines open 744-2990. Let's go to the uh, Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Hello? I do not have the gentleman on the phone. I cannot hear the phone. Why can I not hear the phone? All right. Don't know why that's not working. Jamie? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, hang on. Hey, are you there? No. No. That's a problem. (laughs) Let's just try this. Let's just do this. No. Phone is not coming over the airways, which we need here on the program today. <laughs> so there's something else that's wrong. We're, this is what we always say, we're taking you behind the curtain of the show. We're taking you behind the curtain of the show right now. Because I was talking to people who were calling when we weren't yeah. on, but it's not, uh, it's not functioning through the board, apparently. So that's, that's, not, a, that's not good. There we go. Now I can hear the buzzing sound. Now you can call me up. <laughs> Six three nine. Let's try this now. Here we go. All right. Can you hear me now? Are we good? Rick, can you hear me? I've got you. I've got you. <laughs> okay. I think we're good. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank thanks. you. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I mean, oh my goodness gracious. But hey, we're here now. We are here. Thank you very much, everybody. Appreciate that. Again, thank you, uh, text line people. Phone was ringing off the hook, and I knew something was up. I was like, wait a minute. That's a lot of calls. And they're like, hey, we can't hear you. And so then I realized, oh, wait a minute. We're not on. But we're on now. So anyway, anyway, glad to have you aboard wherever you might be on this Wednesday. Let me reset for you. Um, Keon Brown joins us here in about uh, eight minutes. Got the Big South Tournament opening up on Friday. We've got um, Bill Roth in the Roth Report leading off Hour 3. And Elizabeth Kitley is going to join us. She just won ACC Women's Basketball Player of the Year. That's at 835. Tech ladies are getting ready to head to begin their quest for a ACC championship. Right now they're listed as a number two seed in the latest women's bracketology and also hosting the first couple of rounds, which would be Great news. Um, the Tech men last night get a victory. They knock off Louisville as expected. Grant Basile, another nice night. Seems like whenever he gets something going and he plays well, we're good to go. All right. So we'll get into that a little bit. It wasn't unexpected. Tech should win Saturday against Florida State as well. Um, they still have to win the tournament to make the NCAA tournament, but at least we know that if they can win out this week, they have some momentum building into um, um, the postseason. All right? All right. But any event, um, appreciate Jamie coming in, and I do appreciate everybody letting me know what was going on. Um, because everything looked normal on the board. Everything looked calm, and I could hear everything normally, but it wasn't something that I could do in studio. It was something that was outside of studio. But we worked together, <laughs> we joined together, and we got it done. So 
Much appreciated. And you know what? It, even though it's, you know, you can get a little frustrated. Hey, stuff happens. There's no point in allowing it to make you upset. At least it's nice to know so many people were missing us this morning. <laughs> if nothing else, thank you so much for that. <laughs> I mean, I had a couple of listeners tell me I'm kind of like their coffee in the morning, right? You just get up, flip it on. I appreciate that. Like, this is why if you're ever, you know, up in the morning and we're helping you get up for the day and you ever decide to make some, uh, you know, meats and so forth, then that's what we do. That's what we want. Foods, foods, and more foods. But, um, yeah, things are kind of messed up right now, but we're trying to get things figured out here. And I guarantee you this uh, bottom of the hour news hit's probably not going to hit. Let's see if that happens. Does it? Hey, it did. Woohoo! We're back on schedule. Jamie did it. Gold star, Jamie Parr. All right. Well, there you go. You really didn't mention anything other than my opening show rant about how horrible the new night court is. I'll revisit that later. Keyhun Brown joins us. We're going to talk some college hoops. Big South tournament going to get underway. We'll get his thoughts. Hope you're well wherever you might be. Now, we're together on the Hump Day Wednesday edition. Don't go away. Five minutes past the hour. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Bill Roth and Liz Kitley going to join us a little bit uh, later on. Joining us now on the program, he is former Radford University Highlander, teaching the youth of America. He's our basketball correspondent. And, and he's about to become a dad again here very, very shortly. He's Keon Brown. Good morning, KB. Rick Watson, what's going on, brother? Uh, how are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's March. March 1st, the best time of the year. March Madness is here. Christmas, better than any holiday. This is the best time of the year. Well, we've already started March Madness here on the show because uh, we weren't on for the first segment. But hey, we're good now. It's <laughs> <Everything's> good now. <laughs> first of all, real-life human update, you are yeah. and, uh, you're very close now. As a matter of fact, uh, things are getting so close with you and your wife that uh, you won't be able to make the tournament this weekend. That's how close it is. It is that close. I am anticipating my newborn daughter will be here at least the safe bet is by the time the NCAA tournament is in the final weekend. But we're starting to feel some things now. Things are starting to get really serious. Sleep is hard to come by, <laughs> so it's getting real. Hopefully, I have a daughter here by the time we're at the Final Four. That's the goal, so she can watch it with me. I understand. I understand. And uh, <laughs> and you decided on, you're going to name it Riquetta? Is that right? After me? Is that correct? Is that what your wife agreed to? Is that understand? Uh, or... Well, that, that's a final name. <laughs> that's a final list, I should say. A final list. Riquetta, Lebrana, Lebrana, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Lebrana. That's great. That's great. Uh, all right, now, the Big South Tournament's here. You won't be there, but let's talk yep. about it a little bit. UNC Asheville, 24 wins, the overwhelming favorite. Uh, Longwood, I still, you know, I'm still kind of keeping my eye on them. Here's Radford, our Highlanders at number three. A lot of adversity they've had to overcome. They finished up with a tough regular season win. Um, 
What do you think about Radford going into the tournament? I mean, Quan uh, gets second team all-conference, which was great news. B.A. got honorable mention. Uh, K.G., freshman of the year. This team was recognized for the talent that it has, and they haven't really been able to grasp it since they had the nine-game winning streak. They've struggled a little bit. But what does it take, Keon, for Radford to go on a three-game run here? It'll take these guys to have a clear mind. That's what it'll take. And guys are going to have to come together. Um, a lot of times in the last few games, I've sent some, war- some sort of selfish basketball, and guys are going to have to just play for one another. That's what it comes down to because now in March, everything that you played for, everything that you worked up for, you knew that you had another opportunity. Now in this tournament, you're one and done. This is the time where if you are a senior, you have one guaranteed game left. You can go in there with all the confidence in the world saying we're going to win X, Y, and Z. We're going to win the tournament. Nothing is a guarantee in March. Nothing. My senior year, we were favorites, 10-plus point favorites to beat Presbyterian. Lost to those guys at the buzzer. I understand firsthand how brutal – March can be. That's how my career at Rafford University ended, on a buzzer beater against Presbyterian being a 10-plus point favorite. It can happen to anybody. So these guys are going to have to get back to that version of themselves when they you know, were hot as fish grease and won that nine in a row. Like now in the last four, they have won what? They've lost three out of their last four, and Campbell was a scare as well. But you're going to have to forget about that because it doesn't matter anymore. The field is set. We have a very talented winter team to play against next. When is it on Friday? At yeah, 8 we're the late game. Well, very be, talented. About eight thirty, because you know how these things go. They always yeah. run late, so we'll probably start around eight thirty. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, a very talented winter team who underachieved this year, but has the talent to make it deep in this tournament. They really do. So you can't take those guys lightly. I know you beat those guys this season, but. It's different. March is a different feeling. It really is. Once you walk into that Bojangles arena and you can feel the tournament, it just feels different. And these guys have to be ready, but they have to go in there with a clear mind, forget about everything, play for one another. And if they're the best versions of themselves, which we saw earlier this year, I think they should be fine. All right, I want to ask you about this, too, because people are going to hear this a lot as college basketball fans here over the next few weeks, especially when you head into tournaments. If somebody swept a season series, right, and they meet in the tournament, what are you going to keep hearing? Hey, it's so tough to beat a team three times. Yeah. Let's talk about that from a player's perspective and what you have learned, I guess, just by observing and researching. How tough is it to beat somebody three times, or does that really matter? Like, in other words, none of these players are going to be thinking about, hey, we got a shot to beat them for a third time, right? It's just about the matchup that day. Yeah, it is. It actually is. I actually agree with that. It's tough to beat them, but it's not like it's impossible to beat them. People think that when you play somebody for a third time, the team that got swept is automatically in contention to win. For the most part in college basketball, the third game is the toughest matchup, but the team that has lost, they struggle. They really do. But the thing about playing the team for the third time is you have a lot of film, and you can break down what the team likes to do against you, and you adjust well. That's the only thing about it. Uh, you know, uh, I think Raptors swept the series versus Winter. Winter will be a much better team than what they played, you know, earlier this season. Winter was down by Longwood to Longwood by 20 in the second half and came back and won that game. So those guys are playing with a lot of con- confidence. 
Uh, they have an all Big South player on their team, as do we. And before we get a little bit more into that, I am so disappointed that Brian Antoine did not get more consideration for defensive player of the year. Yeah, I am. I am mad at that because he doesn't have the quote unquote sexy stats, the leading the league in steals, blocks, whatever. He is the guy that locks down the defender, and I wish we could have a stat for that because if you account for that, he is by far the best player in the league as far as a defensive standpoint, locking down a guy on the perimeter. The way he gets out in the passing lanes, the way he you know, is on the best player on the opposite team, it's amazing that he did not get much more consideration. That it blows my mind. It actually made me mad when I saw that. I didn't even see many votes for him, so... That blows my mind as well. But back to tournament time, it, it, it's tough, man. It, it really is. I think that the team that has gotten swept, they go into their to that game with a mindset of, all right, we've lost to these guys twice or whatever it is. Can we beat them? You have that second guess in your mind, the second thought in your mind to say that it, maybe it can't be done. So it's a lot that goes into it, but. I believe somewhat in that cliche because of the doubt that goes in the team that had gotten swept and because of the confidence of the team that won this first two matchups. So it was a give and take. Keon Brown joining us on the program, our basketball correspondent. And I couldn't agree more about B.A. I mean, the Big South, they look at one stat for defensive player of the year, and it's block shots. They don't consider any right. – they think that's exactly. the only way you can play defense. It's so frustrating the way the voting goes – and also with being able just to be a disruptor out there, deflections, taking charges, whatever it might be, right. and they don't yeah. pay any attention to that. You know, and it's something Mike Jones used to talk about. You know, you can't just measure a guy's defensive prowess by how many shots he swats away because he's about six ten or six nine. It's just, yeah, I'm, right. I'm with you on that. It's very frustrating because anybody who watched the game understands Brian Antoine might be the overall best defensive player in the conference. Right, and as a, as a guard, you get penalized. You even see it in the NBA. Yes. Most of the guys who win the defensive player of the year are big men. Last year it was Marcus Smart. He was the first guard to win it since Gary Payton. But when you are on that end of the ball, the goal is for your man to not score. score. And Brian Antoine does a good job of not even letting his man get shot attempts off. So, of course, there's not going to be stats. <laughs> so, right. It's crazy. Right. It blows my mind. I was really disappointed in that. You could kind of see Drew Pember winning, sweeping the player of the year and the defensive player of the year from a mile away. But I did think that uh, B. Antoine would at least get a second-place vote. But sometimes you forget that some guys, like you said, only look at stats. They only look at steals. They only look at blocks. They don't look at actually what they're watching. The intensity that he plays with, getting in the pass lane, locking down the other team's best player, uh, making it hard for those guys, man, it blows my mind. It really does. All right, well, let's get into um, the ACC. Um, You know, I was all in on Miami. Then they blow that game to Florida State. Carolina's making a push. Duke completes an undefeated home schedule. I mean, how how many teams? I think Carolina's going to get in. I know they're right now, Lenardi's saying they still have work to do. But given who they are, we know how the committee works, right? I can see the ACC getting seven teams. Who in your mind today, Keon, after everything else, who is the best team in the conference? The best team in the conference, in my opinion, 
I think we talked about them last week are the Miami Hurricanes. And then right after those guys, UVA, Coach Tony Bennett. And I say right now, the ACC has six teams that will be in the field if it were to start today with a possible, and that possible being North Carolina. Obviously, they got a good win versus UVA the other day, but I think a lot of what if we see North Carolina in the NCAA tournament, it'll go off of how they are in the ACC tournament. But right now, Pittsburgh, Miami, UVA, Clemson, Duke, NC State are all in right now. And we have to wait for North Carolina. But when North Carolina beat UVA the other day, it wasn't a surprise at all that they did it. And I said that when they beat these teams, these top tier teams, you will not be surprised because of how talented they are. Now they've vastly underachieved and obviously they're the preseason number one and they have the chance to be the first number one to not make the field. So that's what I'm going to be looking out for. But the ACC as a whole, in my opinion, underachieved, but it's Miami right now. And Coach Laranega and what he's done and Isaiah Wong and the rest of that crew that they have with him. Isaiah Wong is a guy that you're going to need in the NCAA tournament, the ACC tournament, because it's about guard play. If your guards are playing well, your chances of winning along with coaching, are going to propel you to make it to the second weekend and potentially the third weekend. And we saw how close Miami came to a Final Four last season. I think that they can make another deep run in the tournament. They're the best team in the ACC, in my opinion. Well, it's going to be wide open, we know, and that's what this time of year is all about, as you mentioned, being March. I mean, this is what gets college basketball fans so fired up. I mean, we wait all year. We go through all these regular season um, ups yeah. and downs and all these things, but you're right. I mean, this is this is a this is a something that when you look at it, I mean, is of all the sports we have, Keon, all the events coming up. We know the NCAA tournament's the best one, but I mean, this is probably is more excitement that you have potentially than maybe the NFL playoffs, right? I mean, college football is what it is right now with its limited playoff, but this to me, feels like it's it's what makes college sports fans still get excited, even though you have the portal and you have the, um, the yeah. NIL, right? Uh, this whole thing um, right now comes down to March. It does. And it's, like we said, it's, it's the best event in sports. It really is. Weekends to prepare, to anticipate, nothing better than watching the Selection Sunday, especially if your team is a team in like a league like, what would you say, the Big South, where you can watch those guys celebrate and get their name called. The only thing that I will, the only complaint I think I have about marching that I've noticed it yesterday when I was watching some of these first round conference tournaments is I hate when some of these smaller conferences have the same first round matchup at the same time. So I was watching like I think it was Atlantic Sun, and they had two games at the same time. I would like for it to be like the Big South at a neutral location. Guys playing one after another because it's kind of hard to keep up. It doesn't make sense. I think at this time of the year, everyone should have the spotlight on their particular game instead of having to click back and forth. Does that make sense? No, it does. Absolutely it does. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, I was watching the tournament yesterday, man, and it just blew my mind that that happened as well. I know. I know. It, I tell you what, it's, it's just – I think what it does, too, it brings out the human element a little bit because we all can kind of relate to the pressure situations a little bit in our everyday lives and you see guys trying to deal with it you know sometimes you yeah. see the rise of the occasion sometimes they don't and then you really feel for the ones that don't but um this is i just hope that i hope that the powers that be leave this thing alone and don't mess with the tournament going forward it, it's pretty much perfect the way it is right now just leave it alone 68 teams is enough that's all we need 
Yeah, like we said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's nothing you need to do to this tournament. It's already exciting, the best time of the year. I'll never stop saying that. <laughs> well, listen, you uh, please, please keep me updated on what's going on uh, with your wife and your child. Uh, I'm very excited for you. I tell you what, I can't imagine a better uh, dad that this child's going to be born into than yourself, my friend. And uh, congratulations on everything this year during the basketball season with the uh, work that you did with Longwood, and um, who knows, man, maybe we'll be able to talk about Radford uh, on uh, Wednesday next week being Big South champions. Yes, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Thank you for everything. Obviously, I would not be here without you, my brother. It was a great season. I got so much things lined up for next year. It's, it's overwhelming right now in a good way, and so many different leagues reaching out, so many different people in the media reaching out that next year is going to be a good year and i have you to thank for this thank you sir no it's all you my man it's all you for your work and your talent but uh listen i appreciate the kind words love you take care of yourself and uh please please let me know as soon as something happens absolutely got you brother all right there you go that's uh keon brown joining us on the program he's the best and uh he's about to become a dad yet again we're excited for him very very excited and he's right ain't broke don't fix it (laughs) leave it alone because think about how immersed we're going to be coming up right get through the conference tournaments we got the brackets coming out we'll have a bdst bracketology again and then you don't think about all these other bad things going on all right we're trying to uh recover get back on schedule after we were off for the first segment we'll stay uh on schedule we hope wrapping up hour one after this you're not off the leash yet. We're happy to have you with us and hope you'll come back often. Big Dog Sports Talk will be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on WRAD. Finishing up our opening hour, Bill Roth and Elizabeth Kitley in the third hour, and in hour two, we'll get back to more of your calls and your text messages, thanks to Keon Brown. In case you missed it, Liz Kitley is the ACC Player of the Year, Georgia Amore first team, congratulations to both. Tech now has a couple days to wait. They're leaving a little bit later this morning to head to Greensboro. So we're actually going to talk to Liz as they're getting ready to jump on the bus this morning. Thanks to everybody who uh, was uh, calling and texting and messaging me and everything about uh, our situation early with the tower not being on. (laughs) Things that I can usually do to fix... The small fires in studio weren't working, so I knew we were in trouble at that point. So that was something beyond where I am here in the hub. So thank you so much for that. Appreciate you. Good stuff all the way around. Jerry writes in, um, heard us talking about Radford. When do they play? Friday night, Jerry. Probably around 8.30. Quarterfinals against Winthrop. Women play tomorrow against Presbyterian. But they've got it set up. It's interesting. They've got it set up so if you're going to win 
the tournament. It's three games in three days. So they don't have it set up that way on the women's side. They get a day off in between. But tonight you have the 7, 10, and 8, 9 games in the Big South. And then we have the quarterfinals on Friday. And the way it worked out, Radford being the three seed, that's the late window. So if they are fortunate enough to advance against Winthrop, that game won't start till 8.30 at the earliest on Friday night. Those guys will be leaving the arena around 11.30 probably. And then you play it two the next day. So there's not a lot of recovery time. Now, for younger people, that it's likely not a factor as long as they get their conditioning and their stretching in. But whoever wins that late game between Winthrop and Radford is going to have a big disadvantage going into Saturday because you're the last game. Semifinal number one starts at 12, and then game two will start around 2.30. So, yeah. But, hey, you know what? That's a great problem you'd love to be able to navigate through, to be able to say, hey, we advanced. Now we got to deal with the fatigue factor. That would be awesome. All right. We'll take a break. Come back. Hour two straight ahead. Don't go away. 